0: Hi, I'm Toby. And I'm Nick. And welcome to the Pure Property Podcast with Track Capital, where we talk about all things property and property investment. The aim of the podcast is to give you our industry insights and knowledge in bite-sized chunks to help investors to invest intelligently. Now I have Nick back with me this week. Last week I had to do it all by myself because Nick was a bit under the weather, but I have him back this week. And we're bringing you another episode dedicated to property investing. And this week, we're going to be going over the top five common mistakes that we see property investors making. So this is obviously on a daily basis, what we tend to see uh, investors have go wrong. Um, So we're going to highlight it here so hopefully in the future if you're new to investing or even if you are a seasoned investor you may notice that these are things maybe you've done in the past or are still doing at the moment and obviously to help you improve and as we say with the aim of the podcast to help you then to invest intelligently for the future. Um, Isn't that right Nick?
1: Yep, perfect summary so obviously we're going to go through the specific mistakes we see Um, both um, mostly during the investment decision making process Um, so hopefully this will help everyone you know do things safely make sure it's nice and secure save yourself a bit of stress headache and time uh, and just make sure you're doing everything professionally so yeah we've got five to reel off so maybe Toby if you kick us off with the first one
0: yeah the first one we're going to go straight into is not knowing your investment strategy so this is one that I think I come across a lot. So this is where as an investor, usually at the beginning, but actually sometimes quite surprisingly, seasoned investors that have also have like one or two properties, they don't actually have like a clear direction or know exactly what they're looking for. Now, the reason this can be an issue is because it then makes it harder to invest or to choose an investment. You may take longer. So when we say knowing your investment strategy, what we're talking about is exactly what you're looking to achieve and the type of property and property investment you're looking for. So that could be whether you're looking for a real easy, vanilla, hands-off, less stressful uh, buy-to-let. That may be you're looking for a high-yielding HMO it might be that you're looking to get really quick cash injections, so you may be looking for flips. Um, lots of different strategies that you can do out there. And what we find the problem is, is if you don't know exactly what you're looking for, your strategy, your aim, and what you're looking to get out of a property investing in the short, medium, and long term, you then can easily get distracted by lots of other investments, which are actually sort of just noise unnecessary noise which then stop you focusing on the investments which are going to benefit you um i think that's is that what you find nick
1: absolutely yeah so when we say not knowing your investment strategy obviously we always encourage people to before you do anything or commit to anything, sit down, work out a game plan, speak to experts in the you know the relevant fields, whether that's the local market or if it's a specific asset class you're looking at, and figure out a game plan and a strategy. So, if you just go, um, you know, on Google, you'll be absolutely hounded. There's thousands of hours of videos and information you can watch, um, and then you can get distracted and not stick to that original game plan. So, I think the point is. Firstly, not knowing your investment strategy, but then also making sure you actually stick to that and and follow that forward. So I think that's a mistake we can see people when they go off track by doing that effectively. So yeah, number one, know your investment strategy and then try and stick to it as you move forward and don't get too distracted.
0: And just just on that point, before we go on to the next one, Nick, I think obviously the listeners may be thinking, well, how do I pick my investment strategy? And that is obviously investor dependent, but you, you do have to take a long think about what you're look, what you are personally looking for. Um, and that can literally just be sitting down with a piece of paper, um, a pen and just writing down what you're trying to get out of property investment. I'm looking for, uh, to have this as my retirement pot. Um, when I'm, um, in my late sixties, early seventies. Okay. So really you want to be looking for good yielding properties. Um, I want to build up a portfolio in the next five to 10 years. Okay. Well, we need to be looking for quick cash injections if you haven't got big pot of money. So you need to be looking to build equity and you'll do that by either doing work into a property and adding value or by capital growth. So again, you'll go, well, I can't do work myself. I don't have the connections for builders. I need capital growth. Let me focus on high capital growth areas or uh, discounted properties like we get on the off-plan stuff. Um, or if you are very hands-on, you know the trade, you have connections, or you're able to project manage, you might then look at flips. But I think that's the best place to start. Just get get a pen, bit of paper, sit down. What do you want from property? What do you want to get out of it? What's your long-term game? And then you'll start to build a picture of what you're looking investment-wise. And as Nick rightly said, stick to it. Don't get sidetracked. Um, and yeah just focus on that
1: yeah I think we could do probably about 10 episodes on an investment strategy but yeah that that's the uh, the long and short of it yeah so if you stick to the you know the basic principles of what your uh, long-term objective is then you should be fine as long as you as long as you stick to that so kind of related to that number two is investing with your heart instead of your head now this is a common theme we see from investors and when they're ultimately they're investing emotionally instead of focusing on the financial aspect so do you want to dig into a bit more detail there toby
0: yeah we say invest with your head not your heart the best way i describe it is property investing is technically a business so treat it like a business Um, you need to be all about facts and figures purely um that's that's the gist of it because what we find happening quite often is you'll say to someone oh i've got this uh one bed um in this location great price etc cetera, etc cetera. they'll look at it and go oh i don't like the position of the bathroom or uh maybe the kitchen layout isn't what i would go for and then you kind of have to explain to them no, no in that area that's what um tenants uh, are looking for, it's well suited for tenants. The location is perfect. the The rental income is going to be X. Capital growth potential is is Y because of the location. And then when you explain the fundamentals of it as an investment, you say to them, "Look." just, you don't, you don't have to like the property. You're not living in it. It's a tenant. Um, that can be one of the aspects. So people become emotionally attached to a property rather than they look at it from a business point of view. I mean, don't get me wrong. If if the kitchen um, is outside, for example, of course, it's not going to be a good investment, even if the if numbers make sense, but you do have to think about it logically. Uh, and again, looking at the facts, looking at the figures, the data, um, and to make a real calculated decision rather than picturing yourself living in it. Maybe you don't like that area. Oh, I'm not too keen on Manchester City Centre. It's a bit busy. I don't really like it. But are you looking for working professional tenants who are going to pay good premium for properties and be good tenants? Yes okay, well, you need to be looking in the Manchester City Centre because that's where you're going to get the tenants. It's located near um, this business, which has, has sort of good tenant um, sort of pulling power. These are the kind of things you need to think of. So, yeah, it, it, to, to sum it up, think with your head, not your heart. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think one of the phrases that can really, really frustrate me is when people say, oh, you know, I only want to buy somewhere that I would live myself. For any, you know, business case or investment decision, this is not the ideal theory. You have to look at, you know, the bottom line, the investment structure, the case, tie it into your objectives, because what you want is not necessarily what a 23-year-old just out of university with a finance degree in the centre of London or Liverpool would want. Um, so we just have to Bear that in mind as well. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it's the co- the more common things we see is like, um, you know, I don't like that kitchen layout or that size is, is too small for me, or I would want a better view, exactly as Toby mentioned. So those are the sort of key points where people would think with their heart over their head. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a mistake that we would want to avoid. Hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I know. And it, it is quite frustrating. Um, and some people in all fairness, when you explain it to them and they break it down, it is great. I mean, even when they say about, um, emotionally attached in the sense of they want an element of control over it ie oh I, I want to invest where I live because I I, oh, I know the area I like the area and I can look over it it's like no that really limits what you can then invest in you're you're massively limiting your investing power you're not fluid you can't move with markets you can't adapt and it's really going to slow down or even stop your investment progress and again let the management company do it hands off it's a business and unless you're obviously retired and you've got the time and you can look after these properties, that's a different uh, conversation. But even then, I'd probably still want a management company looking after it all, <laughs> with all the legalities, et cetera. Um, but yeah, that's another one I find is I want to be near to it so I can look over it and manage it. But no, it's a business. If you can have the right mm. structure and the people in place, have your power team around you, like your letting agent, et cetera, um, then you you don't need to be there. And like I've said, you can then be fluid a market starts emerging, bang, I'm going to invest there because I know the prices are going to start jumping up. That's now slowing down. Okay, now I want to be aggressive. I'm going to look in the next emerging market. You can move with the market. So as long as you're switched on on the ball um, and and doing your research diligence or using uh, companies such as uh, Track Capital or other investment companies out there to then utilize what they're doing research wise and looking at Yeah, it's definitely going to really maximize your property investment um, power and how you move forward with it as well.
1: Yeah, I definitely think we could have now. Now you've said that I think that would have been um, a point we could have had in its own (laughs) right as as a fundamental mistake buying only where you live or down the road from from your own house. I think you covered it enough there um but yeah fundamentally that's going to restrict you significantly um and you want to be in the best performing markets especially if you've got the budget to allow you to so maybe as a bonus point you know don't <laughs> but just restrict yourself to uh to exactly where you live exactly cool so should we move on to number three then um this is quite a Um, or probably the most relevant point for us because we are so involved in research and due diligence when we're taking projects to market. So number three would be not doing any of your own due diligence as an investor when you're searching the market and when you're reviewing projects. So just very briefly then, as a company, what we do is go out there, speak to developers, build relationships in the best performing markets in the UK. Then it's mine and Toby's job to look over these investment structures the track record, the finances, the security, the risk profile, and make a decision. Do we want to introduce investors? Do you want to spend money marketing this and putting our brand name against it? Once we're happy with something, and only at that point, after we've been through, you know, I've, I can't remember how long it is, a 50 point checklist, that's when we will be confident in taking and introducing our investors. So, We do go through an extensive due diligence process and we encourage our investors to do the same. So when people don't do enough due diligence, um, you know, it it can be frustrating because we we always communicate it to our investors that it's absolutely crucial.
0: Yeah, I I, I think it's a massive, massive point. Um, And we we are very big on providing as much information in the first instance as possible because of that as a company we'll always send a link to a, a massive due diligence folder uh, which is pretty much all the information that we have on the project we give in that first instance and we we do get um sort of commented on that about how how good and help that helpful that is but the amount of people sometimes that That come back and haven't even clicked the link or even looked through half of it. Um, It can be frustrating because, again, like you like you said, we do encourage it. When I speak to an investor, I'll be saying, "Look, here's the due diligence material uh, that we've got, that we've sourced, that we looked over." However, you need to do your due diligence on the due diligence because I think it's 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 important to understand that if every if something does go wrong, in the end, ultimately, it's down to the investor. Um, nobody else it's just down to the investor ultimately so I think it's important to know that take that on board um, because if something does go wrong and it's something that was in plain sight that could have gone wrong and you you could have actually prepared for the only person to blame is yourself now don't get me wrong if you've been misinformed in some way that's a different scenario but that's that's quite rare um but yeah that's why i think it's important because ultimately you're spending the money you're buying the property so yes take the guidance take the assistance of such companies as ourselves um or estate agents or whoever it is you're dealing with and even solicitors as well um but still look over it yourself, make sure you're happy. Um even even if it's just briefly, just just to make sure that you've given it once over so you know you're fully happy. I mean, I couldn't imagine committing to an investment putting a lump sum of sum of money without even looking through a lot of the information. And I think it's scary how many sort of horror stories I've heard um in the past um from investors that said, Oh, I, I did X, Y, and Z and it went wrong. Did you look into the company? Well, no, I was told they are good. I said, Oh, Okay, well, you, you may have mm. seen the red flags if you had looked into them. X, Y, and Z. Now, yeah, it's just one of those things, and again, that comes down to you as an investor, your risk tolerance as well. Um, so, yeah, I think definitely doing your own due diligence is important. And if you don't know how to do it, ask. Just speak to. I, I, I'm unsure how to find about this, and what what can I look for? What what's what's the what's the developer done in this stance or Asking questions as well, always ask them, especially with your solicitor, because your solicitor is there to legally. I mean, that's what you're paying them a a good amount of money for. (laughs) They're there to legally advise you. So do not feel bad about asking, however little or silly a question is, because yeah, at least you'll have peace of mind knowing you've gone into the investment, you've done all you can. So if it does go wrong, in the rarity, the small chance, at least you know. Okay, it's it's a shame it might have gone wrong. However, I did all the due diligence I could. There was no more.
1: Yeah, I mean there's a couple of bits I'd add just to layer over that. I mean, firstly, for a lot of listeners, this might seem like basic stuff. Or we can absolutely assure you it's it's not. Many, many, many investors don't sit down, go through all the material with a fine tooth comb and make an informed decision. I can tell you now that does not always happen. Um so yeah, it might seem basic, but it's really, really important and obviously incredibly um, you know, critical to your to your long term investment plans. And the second one, which Toby kind of touched on there, is um if you if you don't know what you're doing, get help, so linked to that is the quality of the due diligence you're doing." Yes, you can see if there's a building next door, a commercial building next door. Yes, you can have a look at what the rents are and what the the price of what you're ultimately paying for the property in comparison to a development down the road is. But really, if you're going into especially the off plan and new build markets, you need to be going sort of layers below that. So, you know, what's the build warranty in place? What's the long stop date? Who's doing the finance for the scheme? How much can the developer access of your deposit? All these more intricate details. Are really really important as well so yes get assistance get help from a party you trust but make sure you're doing a bit more than just checking you know what's down the road from the development but yeah hopefully we've uh, we've stressed that point enough there I think
0: yeah I think you have and one one bit of advice don't just look at the brochure and think it looks pretty and the, yeah I'll take that <laughs> <laughs> the nice definitely. pictures yeah. Yeah, it looks nice though but no great points there Nick actually well done um so on to the next point which again is something which is more common than people may think is um, number four mistake: not looking into finance slash mortgages until the last minute. Um, this is something I've had investors approach approach me before. Oh, um, I've had a deal fall through. I was I was trying to complete and I couldn't get a mortgage. When did you exchange? Over a year ago. Did you speak to a mortgage broker? No. Why not? The uh, the agency told me I should be okay for a mortgage, and that just blows <laughs> blows my it blows my mind. Um, again, looking into a mortgage. Don't get me wrong. If you're buying off plan, you're you're not going going to be able to. If it's next year, for example, or further off, you're not going to be able to get a mortgage right now. However, you should 100 percent just be having a conversation with a mortgage broker about your situation your income, your deposit level, the project. And the mortgage broker doesn't even really need to get you an AIP if you don't want to run the credit checks. Um, they can just say... What, what's
1: an AIP for those that don't know?
0: Good point. Agreement in principle. So that's literally what it is. It's just a mortgage company looking at your brief details and saying, based on the brief information we've got, i.e. your income circumstances, we would potentially lend to you. Once you have the AIP, you then go to the, the, the full mortgage application where it gets more in depth. But yeah, an AIP is helpful. And again, if you want that peace of mind, get a mortgage broker to run one for you. It's not 100% 100% necessary. But again, it can help give peace of mind, but definitely speak to a broker because they'll say, right, based on your circumstances, deposit, etc., etc. In this current market, we could get X, Y, and Z. You've then got an idea on what you'd be looking for. You've then got the peace of mind that as long as nothing drastic happens and everything carries and it is, then you are potentially looking at this type of mortgage and you can get a mortgage. And then keep in touch with the broker when it comes time to complete then you can start the full mortgage process and you'll know that you should be eligible and have a very, very high, high, if not certain chance of getting the mortgage. But yeah, very frustrating when I hear those words um, that they've been advised, ah, you should be okay. Yeah, don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you you can't take any, any chances with this stuff. You know, ultimately you're committing a, a large financial sum. So you want to make sure you can follow through on the transaction when it comes to it. And I think slightly related to that, um, in terms of not leaving your, your finance arrangements to the last minute. Um, yes, you can have a chat with the broker now. Yes, you can get an agreement in principle. But ultimately, as we know, it's going to be formalized closer to completion if you are purchasing off plan. Um, so it then translate to that, translates to that stage as well. When you are finalizing the the mortgage product and the mortgage deal, don't leave it until a couple of weeks from practical completion. You know, get that three to six month period before, get organised get everything prepared initiate those conversations with the broker and get everything signed off you know at the earliest possible opportunity so yeah the point or the mistake would be leaving it to the last minute or not preparing it in advance so just make sure you cover off during your investment decision making process and when it's reaching practical completion if it's a uh, if it's an off plan development
0: actually also on that point as well is have a think and ask The question, even if you know beforehand you're good for the mortgage um, the year prior, what if, worst case scenario, you can't get a mortgage? Have you got a plan B or C? Plan B, have you got access to funds where you could still fund the completion and then try and sell afterwards? Plan C, can you resell the property before completion? Um, So always consider those because, yeah. You got to have a plan A, B, and C when it comes to these sort of things. So always ask that question as well, and definitely consider that as an investor.
1: Yeah, and I think that circles back to the the last point as well in terms of not doing due diligence. You can't always assume if you're purchasing an off plan property that you can sell the property at any time. Some contracts have a clause to state that you you can. Some say it's non transferable. So that's definitely uh, something worth considering during your due diligence process as well
0: yeah definitely well that brings us on to our final common mistake um and nick you'll know this one of my my favorite ones i like talking about (laughs) we call it very fun this one (laughs) we call it analysis paralysis so this is really the scenario where an investor actually does nothing they stand still or they don't actually commit, they don't invest because can be a number of reasons, but it's usually there's so much going on. They're looking at so many different projects, so many different things. They're running so many different numbers, looking at so many different scenarios that they can't actually commit to an investment. And ultimately, they don't invest and they miss out on amazing opportunities. And th- this, this kind of comes back to our first point of not knowing your investment strategy because that's tied to it. If you know your investment strategy, it helps against analysis paralysis because if you know exactly what you're looking for, know what numbers you're looking for, you know what type of property, it's very then easy to go, yeah, that works for me. I'll take that one. Um, also, analysis paralysis can also be linked to waiting for the next good deal oh, you know, I'm not going to go for this because I'm I'm hoping to get a better deal on another project or I want to see what comes out next just in case. Newsflash, usually what happens is the prices continue to go up as they are. So that deal you're waiting for, um, doesn't come. If it does come, you're actually paying more and it's a worse deal than if you had invested six months prior. And that's something that I do see a lot. So yeah, analysis paralysis, which leads to actually not investing at all is the worst mistake, uh, in my eyes that I see a lot of investors and a costly one at that, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, Look, we, we understand, right? And we, we empathize, um, especially Toby makes, you know, a lot of investment decisions himself personally. So we when we're looking at or when we're speaking to investors, sorry, um, we know there's a lot to go through. There's a lot of material to make sure we've spoken about due diligence and making sure you've ticked off all the right boxes. But there does come a time when you do need to take action. Um, We're not saying, you know, give it a couple of days and then invest. We're saying if you sat down, you looked at all the material, you feel right, you've covered off the key points, you've spoken to experts, then you do need to take that leap and get into the market, whether it's getting your foot on the property ladder or if it's expanding your portfolio, Um, providing you've taken the relevant checks, you do need to step in. And I think um, when we've spoken about this before, Toby, you've given examples in the past of when you've had, you know, investors um, making decision processes during Brexit, uh, or more recently, we've had um, investors that are holding off due to COVID. Um, and, you know, just to put that in perspective, we we talk about or Toby touched on, you know, the financial implications there. Liverpool, in the latest market data, has shown an 8.9% average value growth rise across the city based on average values in the past 12 months. Um, that was data provided by home trek so even if you look at that for example as an 8% figure if you bought a 200 grand property a year ago um, you know that's 16000 pounds in capital growth that you've had excluding any rental income just from taking that action at that time um, so, yeah, it really can soon add up, especially when you're looking, you know, 100, 200, 300,000 pounds properties. Um, it just has huge ramifications on the financial side of things as well. So, again, yes, we understand. We empathize. You do need to take your time, research, make sure you're happy. But when you are, take the step and then move forward from there.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, I've been, like you said, Nick, I've actually been there myself. Um, and all I did was I got very strict. Again, with my strategy and what I wanted. In the end, my mindset became as long as it's in the area that I'm ideally looking, a couple of areas that I was looking at, and as long as the numbers work and the property type works for me, I'm just gonna go for it. Because I was, I was looking at lots, not really doing much. Um, and then I just sat there and said, No, look, next one, as long as the numbers fit, when that when that happens, I'm just gonna take action and best decision I actually ever made because that property's probably been the best property um and then going on from there as well uh, those properties subsequently have done well as well but taking that action was 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 excellent um so yeah mm. d- again circling back to the first point knowing your strategy is key to help in that scenario you'll never find an investment that is 100 perfect it's it's a unicorn definitely is a unicorn you you will have to compromise slightly and don't compromise a lot on your strategy but you may have to slightly. um, Otherwise, you will miss opportunities because the perfect, perfect, perfect investment. um, And again, people look for perfect because they think it will minimize the risk, um, but it won't. There's always a risk involved um, and the perfect one just won't come. If it did, we'd all be millionaires.
1: Yeah, great point there. Great point there. So just to summarise then on the the five mistakes that we've seen most commonly from property investors. So firstly, number one, not knowing your investment strategy, or diverting from your investment strategy. Number two, investing with your heart instead of your head, i.e. making an emotional decision instead of a financial decision, not doing your own due diligence, or not doing a high enough level of quality in terms of the due diligence, and not looking at finance to the last minute, whether that be during the decision making process, or if you're buying off plan, leaving it to the last minute until the project is finishing. Uh, and then five, analysis paralysis. So taking too much time and you know ultimately missing out on these key opportunities and, and responsible decision making effectively. The only other thing I'd add um, to the podcast today is that with regards to the um, due diligence aspects you know we did stress that that was really important and this is what me and Toby do day in day out Um, so if anyone does want a second opinion on things or wants you know to see our checklist of due diligence that we go through on projects then feel free to reach out and let us know just email info at trackcapital.co.uk and um, obviously me and Toby we don't have you know his sort of sales targets, so we're not sort of com- commercially incentivized to to push you into an investment so yeah we're happily for give you a second opinion and, and give you a nudge in the right direction
0: yeah great point there yeah 100% um we always say if even if it's a project it's not for ourselves we always happen to um li- we're always happy to listen to investors and and go over projects they're looking at to to give a helping hand that's what we're here for but no that's hopefully that's been helpful for um some listeners out there um or even just been a refresher for some Sort of seasoned mm. investors that maybe still investing, maybe looking in the future. It's always good to brush up and, and make sure you're sort of on the ball when investing. Um As it's yeah, it's it's a big chunk of money you're putting in there, and it's a very important thing to look at. So hopefully that's helped some of you. Thanks for joining us this week, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye.
1: Thanks everyone. Bye bye.